Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring knowledge, nonsense, and reasoning. Hi, I'm Jonathan. Hey, I'm Raul. Hi, I'm Paul. And this is Knowledge, Nonsense, and Reasoning. Every week, your favorite fun guys join forces and sprout in your ears. Disclaimer, if you start suffering from no noisy sprout, we advise you to see your local doctor, priest, and or bowling instructor. People who have been diagnosed with Nunushka have many questions. What are my treatment options? How will this affect my loved ones? How did I get this disease? You deserve answers, which is why we offer... K-N-O. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. We'll be back with knowledge, nonsense, and reasoning on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do why, all of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. Because I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. And now we're back with Knowledge, Nonsense, and Reasoning on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Knowledge, Nonsense, and Reasoning. We are here to curate what we call a radio show towards you. Beep, bop, boop. The listener. With that being said, last week I went on air, and I'm going to start off the show, Raul, if you may, by... um, I will give you the platform for this. I mean, I... I think I'm a little guilty of this too, but I think you definitely spearheaded this movement. So I will give you the platform, sir. So I started off last week talking about Drake and talking about how I think that he's peaked. I think that the music that he's coming out with is just lo que le dé la gana, you know? Lo just, que le dé la gana. As, as, it could have been whatever he wanted. As Raul like, uh, said, it was uh, Ariana Grande computer music, just beep, pop, poop. Here comes out a song. Throw it in the machine, you know? And well, ladies and gentlemen, I have to uh, say that I was wrong. I'll throw in an apology in there to Drake. Wait, hold on. I won't speak for Drake. What are you wrong about, Jonathan? 
Well, not to say that. But what'd you say about me, player? Not to say that you're here and you've uh, you've peaked again, sir. But definitely, your audience and your fans are never gonna let you not peak ever. Oh again. wait, what? What was that? Another hit? Thanks. There it is. Drake becomes the first artist ever to have three songs debut in the top three on Billboard, but most importantly, simultaneously, the three song um, EP album, whatever you want to call it, um, came out. Scary Hours Two. Ooh. And I wasn't a huge fan of it. I mean, the work was good, but I guess I hold Drake on a very high pedestal. No, well, what I believe your main argument was that without features, it wasn't as good because you definitely felt very good about the two, Pepper Freestyle yeah. and Wants and Needs as well. But you didn't like the first song. That was your problem. What's Next, What's which next? was the number one song out of the three. That and, it, and it definitely seemed to leave you asking that same question. What's next? What's next? So I would say a combination between not releasing um, a project in almost a year and a half like this and coming out. You know, everybody's everybody's expecting Certified Loverboard, Certified Loverboard. Why isn't it out? It's supposed to come out January 1st, whatever. The audience has spoken, ladies and gentlemen, and they really either really like this these three songs or they were just playing it over and over. Or my personal theory, which is that they heard me shit on this guy and um, they still went ahead and be like, oh, yeah. That guy, Jonathan, doesn't know shit about shit. So, boom. Here you go. We're going to just listen to this guy's song. Repeat on repeat on repeat. We're going to go to the gym. We're going to listen to it. We're going to go to sleep. We're going we're gonna to listen to it. We're going to take there a shower. There are multiple parts of that theory that do sound accurate, too. Yeah. No, they, 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 they did this on purpose. So, I look like an idiot. But you know what? I'll take it. I own up to it. Drake, boy, man, you better deliver on Certified Lover Boy. No, you call him Sir. Sir. You got to deliver on Certified Loverboard because your fans are here for it. Your fans want it. They're supporting it. Let alone that man. The only other two artists I have ever done this before is Computer Music, Ariana Grande, and The Beatles. Crazy how the Drake and The Beatles are always there in that back and forth, right? Well, well, in Drake's opinion, he's ahead. Right. Okay. Drake, oh. man. Okay, okay, okay. Literally. What's next? You got, you got, bro, this guy, I mean, I don't think I'll ever say anything negative in towards towards him ever again. Honestly. You can't, bro. You can't. And, and and that just shows you that good or bad, that's a perception. That's a, that's a whatever you like in your taste. But for the masses, this is it. And then it goes back to, and it's crazy. And also props to you for being the bigger person and admitting your faults. Uh, how could how could I go on with this argument when this guy just come on becomes first artist ever to have three songs debut in the top three on Billboard on Billboard simultaneously? I can't continue with this argument. Just in case you didn't know, that means at the same time. But if Certified Lover Boy flops, bro, what's more likely than Certified Lover Boy flopping? Like, like I don't think it's flopping. I don't care how bad it is. It could literally be an hour long of Drake saying this: "Boo hoo, boo hoo." I'm so sad you left, girl. So, Crying out of my Jaguar. Where's my Rolex? So then let me clarify. By flop, I mean I mean not just off of the views or the sales. The sales. We're going to break it down musically. We're going to see what critiques say about it, not just what the fans are. Now, what do you want from this album? What Man, I, I, want, I want this. I, if As a fan, I wanted to cover all his successes. I feel like this is his victory lap. You think so? Yeah, I feel like he's he's he knows what he's achieved in his in his lifetime. You know, he he's he's done it all as we were talking about last week. So I kind of wanted 
I don't want it to go super indie on us. I don't want to hear a rock album. I don't want to hear any of it. I want it to be Drake. I want to hear a little bit of old school. I want to hear a little bit of yo yo. You want a little so far I want, gone? I want it to go through. Hey, so far gone, honestly. That Drake goes hard. Yeah, absolutely. Drake I, went very hard. I don't want him to just come out here and be like, "I'm the best. I'm this and I'm that." No, I want. I want. It's a victory lap. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't expect this guy to be completely humble, but it, wouldn't it be great to see like, like couple songs that would remind you of so far gone a couple other songs of take cares album of 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 all right this is what i want i think it should be a 12 song lp i think i need three love songs i need three like wow look at how dreamy he is think fireworks or uh you the you the best best i ever had something along those lines you know what i'm saying yeah like, wow this is for you girl i need up yo what's up is drake do the riding through the six gonna come up well yeah make hard. it left hard bangers and then just give me that and then the other six you want to explore a little bit explore a little bit that's fine but i want at least three super sensitive songs yeah. that i could cry in the shower to and then three songs that as as i'm getting ready after crying in the shower i'm gonna go own the night yeah yeah you know i definitely want to see a little bit more of that caribbean flow that he had in more life you like that? Yeah, I like yeah. that a lot. Blem was great. Um, you know, from Passion Fruit to all of it. Those yeah, ex yeah. No, Passion Fruit, I think. I would like to see more building off Passion Fruit. I like what he did there, especially with, like, the audience interlude and everything. I thought that that was a very creative process yeah, yeah. for that song. And then I, I've personally seen it covered multiple times and just from different genres and everything. And it shows that it's a song that universally could be appreciated. Yeah, man. Like, I would go out places and I would hear DJs or I would hear mixes and I would hear where DJs are transitioning into that song with this guy with the intro, him saying, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Well, uh, shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're going to start. No, 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 no. You're going to have a drink tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just talking. And that's what you're coming in as the intro. Like, hey, that's ballsy as a DJ to do. But... It's Drake and it's money. And but you, Drake could do it. And you, and you don't skip past that intro. That's what we have to be clear about. Drake could do that. Of Not, course. And any other artist, you skip past that intro or they don't even have it. Like, But with that, you're listening to the song. You're like, oh, okay. I know what's about to happen. Listen. A like, banger's, bangers about to hit because it's Drake. Now, but but it goes back to your previous argument. You don't want to, like, I would, see, I kind of want to see him lean fully into that. Like knowing, see, because that was a knowing sign, I feel. That was him knowing the stature that he's at. Very subtle, but knowing. You understand? So I would like to I would like to see him lean more into that, using that crowd promotion into creating a bigger experience within each thematic song. But here's the thing. Is that what he wants? Yeah. Who knows what he wants? Exactly. And also, I don't know, being as big as Drake, do you want to make a song that's bigger than the artist? If that makes sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel that Drake's not a part of it at a part of his career that he wants to make Drake songs. Yeah. Not songs that are good made by Drake. It's a Drake song. Yeah. And, and this is going to be a Drake album. So you want, yeah, you just want you his, his feces all over it. Yeah. Like it's ownership. Yeah. It's uh, it's the, the fire hydrant, if you will. You know what I'm saying? But as fan, yeah, I hope he, you know, uses a bunch of other influences that, He's showed that he's capable of reaching in previous in pre previous albums. Yeah, like I I don't want the album to be experimental. Like I said, bro, Victory Lab, which is what I feel like is coming, bro. This I hope is, so. This is the first album that since 
the biggest song arguably in his career, which was um, the one that he recorded here in Miami. And then even before that, you had Hotline Bling. You know what I'm saying? So that that could only mean one thing. Yeah, exactly, bro. So you would think that this guy is like, all right, bro. Yeah, I'm over here. I'm doing a show with LeBron. Kick Young Money to the side. F these guys. I, everything's all the rights, all the royalties are coming to me. I don't need anybody. Now this is me to to showcase Oliver Forty. Hit that. And I honestly, we got to talk about Oliver Forty too, man. Because he's the one producing these beats, and that I, I still stand to what's next is not a good production. But, man, that video is awesome. But that's part of the entertainment, baby. You're not wrong about that at all, man. That is part of the show. It's all a show at the end of the day. And we will see Certified Lover Boy there at the Grammys next year or whatever year it comes out. That's not a doubt at all. But let's talk about that show, the Grammys. Talk to me about it, brother. Well, just in case you might know or didn't know, it just happened a few days ago. And, well, there's a few winners, but it definitely felt like there's a lot more losers, including the Grammys themselves at this year. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it looks like they're losing credibility more and more each year already from the credibility that's been lost over the years of people that haven't been in the Grammys for their respected albums. Yeah, but we're moving past people that aren't in it. We're... Now it's people that are in it, and they're like, you don't even understand my music because you're putting me in the wrong genre. Like with Justin Bieber. He questions why his album is on the pop album when he intended to make an R&B album. Right. Like, And I think that that's a bigger insult than anything. Like, what he tried to do there with, I, I believe that album is Changes. Yeah, with Changes is he tried to reinvent himself. He tried to, or at least not even reinvent himself, but because because you see those influences come on with usher being the guy who brought who brought justin bieber to us i feel like we seem to forget that as a society but usher brought justin bieber so so i can see where the r&b influence is there just from that personal connection but he's here trying to at least attempt to diverge from his usual pop machine music and they just won't let him yeah they literally won't let him because that's what the that's what people know him Mainly as, you know, like they're not curating to like him as an artist or even his fans, but they're cur they're curating to what what sells, bro. They're 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 literally curating to what people are used to. Justin Bieber this, Justin Bieber that. Well, you it makes they, sense. You know, they don't want this guy to do something else. They don't want these artists to do anything different because so people are used to those. And exactly. And it's not, but that's not fair to the artist. And then it's insulting in the sense that we don't understand you if we're trying or we're not even going to try to understand and conform to you. And it might not even have anything to do with him. It literally could be just because maybe they it felt better there because they had other nominees they liked for another. For, yeah, because you would think that category. they would ask, like, "Hey, Justin Bieber, what uh?" What no, well, that no, well, that's what they do. That, but it's literally it because I'm sure that if he wanted it to go down as a pop album, he would have. Because here's the thing about these award shows: you have to literally like commit. You have to. Wow, I forgot the I, I forgot the word. You have to put your name down, I guess. Yeah, you, you, like like you have to sign up for to, to be nominated, and right. then you put yourself in the pool, and then they pick from there. But I'm sure if he didn't want to be in the pop album, he didn't put his name as a pop artist there. Yeah, like his labels did not send the nope. album or the music yes, under that. Exactly. So so at this point, we're just showing disrespect, and that's just from the people that are nominated. Now let's think about the people that aren't nominated. 
Like, I think The weekend got robbed. No categories? For real? Yeah, man. And that, like, that album was... Was like we're fans of the weekend, but come on, bro. No, like, but it's not just us that are fans of the weekend, actually. Um, what I see here, Drake, Elton John, Kid Cully, and Charlie Puth, all Grammy winners in their own right from different years, have all stood up to it. Look, Elton John has doesn't have to do anything for anybody. Come on, this is Elton, like obviously, yes, I get it. That's an old artist, and maybe younger crowd might not know who that is, but in a career. What Elton John has done, I don't think there's anything left to do. Yeah, and he's he's been he's been to the Grammys. This guy knows exactly no, what. Not like he's been to the Grammys as a winner, and even to to troll, like to go, you know, just to veer a little bit off topic with like cancel culture. Let's look at Eminem, right? Guess what? What people tried to cancel him recently because of Stan and all that. Shout out to TikTok. Shout out to TikTok. TikTok. So, well, guess what? When people called him a homophobe, want what he did? What? Elton John hit him up and was like, hey, can I be a surprise performance with you for that same song that people are accusing you of being a homophobe for? And he sang the whole chorus for that song at the Grammys. Nice. So so this is a man who's willing to throw himself out there and do it. And he did a whole Instagram post about his quote-unquote humble opinion. So in Elton John's quote-unquote humble opinion, Lenny Lights is song of the year, record of the year. Yeah. Come on. Nowhere. Nowhere. I'm sorry. I'm like, and, and just a promotional, like this, what the weekend has put into this. I'm sorry. Just even as a, just commercially speaking, even he's putting the work, he's done the marketing. He did the rounds. He did the Super Bowl. He did every, like, I don't understand what more he could have done. Yeah, dude. And even at that, you just said it right now. He did the Super Bowl, bro. Like he's done the marketing rounds. He's He's gone to the red carpet events. Dude, he did the whole experience. Up. Come on. This guy had people question Method. whether he did plastic surgery or not. Method I don't want to do acting out of finance, bro. This guy dove into this I not even project. one nomination? What's going on here? I don't get it. Meanwhile. And he's probably, bro, arguably one of the biggest superstars in the world. He, no, not arguably. He is. He is. This is some kid from, from Canada that was homeless and just and wanted to make some music and did it. And it's crazy that you have people like that that can't even get a nomination. Meanwhile, Justin he, Bieber's here complaining that his album's in the wrong category. Which is still another sign of disrespect. Yeah. And then we're here talking about diversity. We got to diverse and all that. And yes, fine. The numbers show it. The numbers show it. But really? I'm not sold. I'm sorry. I'm not sold. Look, even album of the year. We're talking about from all genres and everything. All right. Folklore. Taylor Swift, the winner. Surprise, surprise. I mean, I guess she did the one thing that 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 the weekend didn't. She got a Disney Plus documentary for it. Janeaco with Shalambo? Sure. sure. Black Pumas. Black Pumas. Yeah. Look, not I've I've actually seen them live before. The Black Pumas, once upon a time. I'm happy for them to get their Respects, but they're in a weekend. Yeah, man. Coldplay, Everyday Life. Yeah, that was a cool album. Yeah. You're a very big Coldplay. I like Coldplay, but, yeah, yeah. but I think it's fair to say you might like them a little bit more. Honestly speaking, do you think that they deserve this spot over the weekend? This year? this Over these singular albums? I mean, I think that what Coldplay put into this album is equivalent to what The Weeknd has done, if not more, because of 
Coldplay's whole album was based off of of Middle Eastern, like in the Middle East. Like I'm talking about, they were performing over there. They were bringing a lot of a lot of money and just you know like what is it um marketing aw- awareness just to what's going on over there and no that album that album's up there bro that is I, I don't th- i can't you say think that so? no like i mean I don't it's, know a it that well. it's a different category though no that album is 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 something else bro it really really is honestly yeah and after okay. saying that they were gonna retire this and that they come out with this and it was for the people of that region which is a big thing who what other artists of that caliber of that size is really going over the middle east and and doing stuff like this bro so yeah, I give I give Coplay their ups on that, okay. but there's a couple other artists that I would. Jesse, Volume Three by Jacob Collier. Okay, Woman in Music Part Three by Haim. No, I like what they did. Haim's Haim is great. I'll give him that for sure. Now nomination, I get it, but my beef is about no nomination for the week. No, absolutely. I'm not saying that any of these albums don't deserve it. I don't know that. I haven't heard all of them. I haven't heard all the content, and I think it's important to have diversity within these not diversity we have you know quote-unquote diversity i mean actual different genres like me personally super extreme i don't think you should have two of the same genres for the album of the year for example right come on you have sub genres for that anyways future nostalgia dualipa great album but it already won pop album of the year yeah did it you feel me? And Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. Fair nomination as well. That's great. Great album. But so you're telling me that nowhere in this with multiple nominations for these same albums, you couldn't squeeze a weekend in there anywhere? Yeah. No, it's That's blasphemy. It's blasphemy. It is. I'm sorry. Like, I might sound like a bandwagon or a fangirl. I don't care. I'm sorry. It is what it is. And I think that's a shame. And it's crazy because you see it over all streams of media. Also, because, cool, we just went through the Grammys, as we just stated. And with that said, there is one win that we're happy about. Strokes. Rock Album of the Year. Yep. Should have been another nomination for Album of the Year. I'm sorry. But what they've done is masterful, especially with the extensivity that that the career of the band has gone. Yeah. Come on. They got founded in 1998. So we're about 23 years into this. This is actually their first nomination, if I'm correct. And I'm happy that they won, but... It took 23 years. Yeah. And I mean, we've we've sat here, we've talked about this album. That album, The New Abnormal, came out maybe what, two months into the COVID epidemic. Not even like within like the first month, month and a half. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that and that album affected us like it affected the masses. Absolutely. It- well deserved. Another another um bright light that I want to shine on an artist that you and I have both followed for for five plus years. Personally, me since the SoundCloud days, re- mixing his music and remixing it, Kate Renata. Kate Renata, two, two Grammys, Grammys this year. Good for him, man. No, and like, they're not all wrong. Song of the year, her. I can't breathe. Yeah, okay. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Rec- rec- record of the year. That's everything I wanted with Billie Eilish. Yeah. I get it. She- but still, we couldn't find a spot for blinding lights. Like, look, I'm not saying give this guy everything, but. Throw him a bone, it's very, man. It's very... No, like... It's it, not, no, I'm sorry. It's not even throwing him a bone. It's an honor to nominate The weekend. I'm sorry. Because he has consistently broken all barriers. Yeah. Look, look, I've seen his last two tours live, which you know that I wanted to see this new one coming up too. Yeah. I even told you, yo, should we even do this or anything? Just we're, we're, we're just a little bit cautious because of everything going on right now. Right. You know, 
It starts with the C, just in case you didn't know. So, but you know how I feel about that. I went to the Beauty Behind the Madness tour. I went that once. Starboy, he had two shows in Miami. One in one in the AAA, and then one in one in Sunrise. I went to both of them. Yeah, this guy's a performer. I'm sorry, like and it it he, just shows a even fault. Even as you're saying it, like my epiphany that I'm having now is that, bro, you know how hard it is to come out with an album that's like universally appreciated, but but also coming off of what he's done already, like after Starboy. You, you want to talk about you have peaks? To, you have to. You want to talk about you people have to, peaking? You have to try to do something, match something. I mean, you know, we've talked about this. Every yeah. artist has a, a certain route that they want to take. Absolutely. So he took something that was not as pop as as the last album or even the album before that, but he still delivered on a and, high level and with, some, and not mimicking what he did prior. So it's not like he's coasting off his past fame. No. He's doing something a little bit different, marketing it completely different. He could like have we've easily, never seen. He could have like easily gone back. To the Starboy album. There's so many great influences there from the multiple tracks produced by Daft Punk that aren't like he could have come on, think about that, it. That's if he was look, look on, think about it. If he really wanted to commercially bastardize it, he could have easily just hey, these guys are retiring, but I got them for you. Don't think the weekend, if he really wanted to, could have gotten Daft Punk for, for a little I production anybody, feature. Anybody. That's it. Except instead, he created a character. And that's crazy. That 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 it's not appreciated. But it is what it is. He's spoken his part. Drake has come out and spoken his part. Elton John, as I said before, has come out and spoken their part. So it is what it is. So the Grammys, say what you want. It is what it is. But I'm sorry. I'm not sold that this is all unified and diversified. Yeah, in the best interest of, of music. Or, you know, of talent, quote unquote. And then that leads us to the Academy Awards. Here we go. Their nominations came out. Now, 2021 obviously was a, I mean, sorry, 2020 was obviously a strange year. A lot of movies didn't come out that we thought would. And this and that. With that said, we still got a pretty decent amount of movies and things to talk about out. Yeah. What was crazy to me? Christopher Nolan's talent. Tenant? Yeah. The movie that everybody was so excited about, which I was actually. And I think it's a great film. And confusing, absolutely, but it's great. I think that's the point. You know what I'm saying? Guess what? Nothing. Not a thing. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty wild. Isn't it? And then we see a similar problem here. Because then you have people nominated for the wrong categories, even according to themselves. Lakeith Stanfield. You might know him from the show Atlanta, different movies like the latest, as he was nominated for, was Judas and the Black Messiah. So here's the thing. Daniel Kalua, yeah, from Get Out, he was also in Black Panther, quite a few different films. They're both main actors in that film. Neither part, that film doesn't happen without either one of them. So why is the only nomination between those two for a Best Supporting Actor by Lakeith that even he openly tweeted, quote-unquote, I'm confused too, but fudge it, LMAO. Yeah. First time an actor with a face tattoo was nominated, LMAO. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Exactly. Dan Kalua, you could have gotten that. And then we have Borat, uh, sorry, Sasha Baron Cohen, who, is not, who wasn't 
nominated. The reason I say Borat was because he was nominated not for Borat, but for the trial of the Chicago Seven. Very good script, but do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Exactly. You I mean, don't. But Borat too, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Of course. So the girl that was in there got nominated, but he didn't get nominated for Borat. He got nominated for a different film. Why do you think that is? I think they're just like spreading the wealth. Like, hey, look, we appreciate you over here, but we can't have both. Exactly. I, I honestly think that's what it is. I mean, and you see it throughout a lot of different things. Like, look, that same movie I was talking about. G, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Cool. They got that. But they're not Best Picture. Oh, just kidding. They got nominated for Best Picture. And ori an original screenplay as well. So they got Best Picture and original screenplay. Where your two main actors only get one supporting acting nomination. No, both of them got nominated. Did they? I believe only one did. Well, I oh no! Oh wow! They changed Stanfield, it. Stanfield, yeah. Wow. Okay, so I gotta rescind that. But I'm so confused on why on why they're both supporting. Tenant got put up for production design. You think that this guy Nolan's okay with that? Like, yeah, bro, well, at least guy, we got production design. Bro, Christopher Nolan literally the whole marketing was you have to see it in theaters. Yeah, literally that. Go search up a poster. I might have been wrong about Judas and the Black Messiah with their two categories of even then. So are they both supporting each other? Think about that. But anyways, yo, you think Nolan was out here like, yo, guys, we got to make this movie. We got we to gotta release it on the fly. We got to get this done because we need that production design Oscar. Absolutely not. And then, and, and then even with the films nominated, Judas on the Black Messiah, obviously from my rant, you could tell how I feel about that. Trial of the Chicago 7 nominated. Sound of Metal. Very good film. You should watch it. It Nomadland. Very good film. But well, these are all smaller films that I'm not even gonna get into because we'll be here all night. But if you're gonna tell me that Tenet and quite a few other movies couldn't fit in the best picture, I'm sorry. I disagree. And I just feel that there's this and hey, there is diversity. There are more ethnic people. That are getting put in. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. And there is. And then also, just to backtrack, shout out to Tiffany Haddish. First African, first African-American woman to win the best comedy album since Whoopi Goldberg did it in 1986. Wow. So shout out to Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, no, they're definitely spreading the, you know, for example, Chloe, Chloe Chow. Is the first Chinese woman nominated for the best director at the Oscars? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, I would hope to think that it's not just because no. of her ethnicity, but it's because she actually didn't. No, Nomadland is a great yeah. film. It's a, it's on Hulu, by the way. If anybody wants to see it, it's a very great film, and 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 I'm very excited about her career specifically because Marvel just signed her up too. Oh, really? For what? Uh, I forgot what film. I, I could find that for you right now. But Chloe Zhao is having a very great career with Nomadland, and and that film's very very beautiful as well but you're not gonna tell me that i appreciate it because i look for those type of things right but for the average viewer you don't know what that is you know but something i do like that i have to you know give props to is that we're accepting streaming services and plat platforms yeah. as the equal as where you go back seven years where you had martin scorsese steven spielberg talking about they're, that's not the same. Streaming services arguably saved. No one will look like a Martin Scorsese. It saved his career. Uh, look, not to sound disrespectful towards his career, but his last 
last year you saw the Irishman with their eight nominations. Yeah. That doesn't happen without Netflix. Netflix yeah. No one was gonna give Martin Scorsese two hundred million dollars to make a slow burn mafia film. Except Netflix. Yeah. Because they're willing to do that. And that's a beautiful thing about all these platforms and everything. You have more divert you have more opportunities no matter what. No matter what. It's it has to happen. And that's the thing. But we have to accept that and respect that. It's not even only about accepting. We gotta respect it for what it is. Cause I I I'm I'm I definitely do it. I definitely see a Netflix movie like, oh, it's a Netflix movie. And I think less of it. And that's not okay. Cause you know, that's how we've been trained. But we have to accept that all these platforms could reach and have an equal volume of media. Oh, absolutely. You know, an equal quality. Absolutely. Oh, The Eternals is the film that Chloe Zhao is about a direct for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, you know, it's a little small film. It has a few actors you might have heard of. I don't know. Let me know if you've heard of any of these guys. Uh, Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, wow. Camille Nagiani, Sam Hayek, Kit Harrington, or you might know him as Jon Snow. Just to name a few. No big deal. Just won an Academy Award. The future is bright. The future is bright, but we got to commit. Yeah. And that's just, that's just, at least in my personal opinion, that's what it feels like. We see that and they're acknowledging, but they're not committing. And that's the thing. You got to follow through. I mean, I see Netflix. I can't agree with you on. Oh, no. Netflix. No, I'm talking about the Academy. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Netflix and all streaming services, they're giving everything. Netflix. Look, Netflix is the highest spending production company in the world right now. They deliver left Nobody and right. Nobody spends more money than Netflix right now. They deliver left and right, bro. You know? And then they set the tone. Disney Plus doesn't happen without Netflix. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then look at what that's doing for Disney. They have to compete with these guys, dude. Exactly. Look at, what they, look at that announcement that they made with all these projects that they're working on. They're, if it wasn't for Netflix being the giant that it is right now, I don't think Disney would have to really like, ah, you know what? They could just come in. No, and... there is no Disney Plus yeah. without Netflix. Yeah, they would just come in and just, you know, whatever, this and that. They're going to like it either way. But Netflix, bro, Netflix delivers on shows, bro. Shows, I'm films. Sorry. And films, they're not, all look, of it. I'm not saying that they're all good, but they create bro. so much content. For a majority that of it. Something, some, something is going to resonate with somebody. Yeah. I agree. They have created that type of land for themselves, which look, they started off as a streaming service with which licensed a lot of products. We talk about it all the time. We miss having Parks and Rec and Friends and uh, The Office on Netflix. But I still pay for it a month. Yeah. You do too? Oh, exactly. So with all that said, we're still here. Yeah. We came for the we came for the license, but we stayed for the content. Bojack Horseman is one of my favorite shows of all time. Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, you know, nah, I mean, the list continues, bro. Ozark, phenomenal stuff, bro. Just finished watching it today, yeah. actually. My goodness, and then you have you use an amazing show as well, bro. Like, these guys deliver, bro. Well, look, two of the best picture films, deserving or not, are, are, off of Netflix. are Netflix, Mank, and The Trial of Chicago 7. An angle. And it shows you how far that these artists they because they are that's these these are the artists that will create the future of cinema and film and just as it goes whatever you want to call it and it shows the sacrifices that they make and even the ones that aren't nominated for awards and stuff like the rock for example dwayne johnson everybody loves him love that guy the people's champ the eyebrow all of it 
come on, look at the very strict, the very strict diet, quote unquote, that he has to do for Black Adam, a superhero film that people will talk bad about. Let's see. What does it include? It includes a breakfast for him with whole eggs and egg whites, beef tangerine, oatmeal, and blueberries with gluten-free Ezekiel English muffins with smart balanced butter, stevia, and cinnamon added for extra sweetness. Wow. Wow. It looks depressing. <laughs> and plain. No, and this is how many eggs is this? Oh, eight. Wow. Eight eggs, the muffin, the bowl, everything. And then let's see, as it keeps going, what do we have for lunch? Interesting. What do we have for lunch? A salad and fruit medley with a nice fish with protein shakes and snacks throughout the day, every day, sacrificing. And we don't award that. Yeah, could you, well, could you imagine if there was a award for that? Most sacrificed throughout. I mean, that would be a pretty dope award, you know. Like, I don't know. I mean, we talk about method acting and all these actors that we that that we you know, like Daniel Day Lewis, for example, he was the method actor. We talk about all these people. Look at Heath Ledger being Joker. That was method acting. That that was the first superhero film to ever win an Academy Award for for the actor. And look at what it took. Him completely. His sanity. Unfortunately, yeah. He gave everything to that role. That's, I mean, then. most sacrifice. And then look at Christian Bale before Batman b begins. He lost a hundred pounds for the machinist before that. And in six months, he went from being, I believe, he went down to a hundred pounds, like a hundred or even 110 pounds to bulking up to be Batman. That he got so big, they literally told him, yo, you have to lose a little bit of weight. Relax. Relax. Like, no, they literally told him you have to lose a few pounds because you don't fit in the costume. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I And it's crazy that, like, that that's not awarded. That's not, you know. It's not. I'm sure Dwayne The Rock Johnson, though, has a strict diet, regardless of whatever film he's doing. Yeah, but why does he do it? Because it pays to look good. Because it pays to look good. For, and we don't acknowledge that. We don't. We don't. And and that's a crazy thing to, to look at. But it is what it is. And these people choose to do that because that's what they want to do. Right. It's their, it's their livelihood. It's, it's their livelihood. It's what they love. It's what they love. And it's crazy because talking about The Rock, he comes from a sports entertainment background. Right. So I'm sure that he's acknowledged, like he's conditioned for that. He's used to that. And man, it's crazy. Yeah. So, and, and that's funny that you say that. What's, and what, what's making it even crazier for me is he comes from that background. Imagine these guys, these actors that don't, you know what I'm saying? That, that are literally told that are theater, you know, and they're told yeah. before we're like, Hey, look, you need to gain like 40 pounds. You need to be this guy. You need to be a superhero. And it's like, uh, okay, sure. Sure. Where do I start? That's, that's crazy. That is crazy. Like Chris Pratt. Yeah. Come on. From the goofy guy from Parks and Rec. That, to Star Look. That, that at one point, this guy weighed 260 with a beer gut. Yeah. To becoming that guy. Adorable. He looked adorable. To becoming that guy. The Star Lord. Guy. Jurassic World. Um, Let's go. Oh, and pretty it's, boy. Isn't that crazy? Isn't like we really do reward that behavior? You know, in a world where, you know, the current climate is acceptance. All body types, everybody's truth, this and that. It's crazy how that's the message given out by these same people that really do award that. 
Yeah. Hollywood, for lack of better, you know, in that total overhead of things. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but it's different when it's your, it's, I mean, you know what you're signing up to when you're an actor. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think you could compare the two because people that are out here that like aren't shame, like, oh, you're beautiful the way you are. It's more on like a, like you should be comfortable in your own skin because you should be, you're, you're, that's your only role. Embrace I agree. it. I agree in that stance. But what I'm saying is if we're going to promote that, which I, I think it's a good message. Shouldn't the people that are promoting that message enforce that? Like, I don't see too many superhero films where it's a big out of shape guy or like even just an average guy, like average looking guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Thor was fat. How long did it take? And, and, and Thor being fat was a metaphor for, for, for the depression. He felt within himself for not being able to succeed at what he felt was his most powerful. Think about it. He had Stormbreaker at that point. Super ripped. Ah, let's go. But he didn't go for the head. But he didn't go for the head. And that's what stuck with him. And all of us. I saw the film. Yeah, all of us. And that was a metaphor for that, which a lot of people got offended by. Because they made jokes about it within it. Shout out to Don Cheadle. War Machine with Cheese Whiz is what is the blood in your veins. <laughs> that's what he told Thor. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's great. And it is what it is in that stance. But I do find it strange. And then, and then I think that segues over to the cancel culture of things. Yeah, and the cancel culture is in full effect right now, man. So is it to, to our boy Pepe Le Pew over here? Who? Pepe Le Pew. The, Le Pew? The, the little skunk. From, from, the, from, from the Looney Tunes? Yeah, man. What happened to that guy? Canceled. Done for. Oh, yeah? Why? I mean, <sighs> look, there's, there's, there's much reason why that show is, isn't all right. There's, there's a lot of reason. I mean, you see it. The guy doesn't really have to say much. He barely has dialogue. But when he does, it's like you cringe in this day and age. But this, that's the most important part in this day and age. So because something wasn't made right in an era where it was overlooked, or it wasn't, it wasn't even really like frowned upon like that because that's how society was. Not saying that it was okay, but that's where we were in history. Absolutely. I mean, that was okay in that moment. Right. But not making it okay in general, obviously through, through, through evolution and knowing what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. It's easy to make the case that this isn't okay, but to cancel it all completely, man, that's a dangerous game that you're playing, man, to try to erase history. You hear about erasing history from very, very dark times throughout history. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. one of the biggest ones being like the like the church, specifically like the Catholic Church, right after, right before the the Renaissance period. Um, bro, these guys rewrote the Bible. These guys went everywhere telling people that there's a certain that you have to pay to get cleansed. You need to pay to be to 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 go and and get your sins revoked or whatever. Like. You know what I'm saying? Like they they were they were rewriting the way that their religion was based on. They were closing the door on an aspect of history because it wasn't beneficial towards them, you know? Yeah. And now we're going into something far less, you know, far less dramatic. We're talking about a, a little creepy skunk here that can't keep his little paws off on a cat that he thinks is a skunk. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that in canceling it, you educate yourself from it. We're in Miami and we, we're witnessing what's going on with Myers Leonard 
on using a very offensive term in the Jewish community, which in itself is ridiculous because Miami, the really rich community of Miami, and a lot of the members of the board of the Miami Heat are Jewish. Absolutely. And it comes off of a comment that he made from his point of view, which was ignorance because he did not know what it meant. Just like how the guys that made this show with this skunk that couldn't get his hands off of other skunks and cats was made off of pure ignorance, overlooking what the actual deed that is frowned upon is because it's off of pure ignorance. You're, you're making a funny cartoon. And that, my friend, shout out to Julian Edelman, for a Jewish American that's saying that the most destructive form of racism and and uh, is, is the ignorance aspect of it because you're just blurbing whatever comes out of your mouth. Yeah, you know, and you're and you're and you're saying it in a matter where you're not reprimanding the the community that you're, you're you're shitting on, but you're saying it almost in a laughing matter where it makes it okay so that other people see it and it's like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. Opposed to someone just ah, we hate this group of people. You're already you could tell if you're a normal human being by the tone of this guy's voice, he's probably not okay. It comes down to the point where you. You cannot allow history to repeat itself in certain aspects of, of history. You know, Auschwitz stands as a as a remembrance towards the genocide on a, on a community of individuals, of people. You know, you don't erase it. You don't cancel it. Because what do you learn from canceling something? What, we're just not going to not talk about it? Yeah, man, I totally agree with that. And that's the thing. I'm surprised that they just go straight to canceling. You really want to send a message. One what would be a really good way to do that. You start off a short, right? With the same character, Mr. Lepio, right? And right. It starts off the same exact way. Then as he's in the middle of his little spiel trying to get the cat, you have Bugs Bunny come in. Stop right there. Breaks a fourth wall. This is what not to do. Yeah. Send him to a therapy class or something right there. Like literally in a cartoon. Send him to like a class or a counseling or whatever, right? Right, now that's it. Transition the character out from there. Yeah, absolutely. Give him a, a a chance to. There's no like, and that that that's the thing about canceling. It, I feel like it sends a message that we can't change. No, no, absolutely. You're you're erasing it, bro. You're erasing a part of history. You're erasing an era where where this was viewed as okay. And once again, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you enough that no, this was not okay. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, no, it was okay. no, it wasn't okay. And it will never be okay. But we need to, in order to, to change our future, we need to understand our past. And if we can't see our past because it's canceled, erased, but I'm being out of the picture, how could we educate ourselves on what not to do we and care. what to do? We it's can. gone. No. It's gone. So it's going to repeat itself. It's exactly what's going to happen. You erase the foundation of what you're building off of and you're going to you're going to at some point down history we're not going to be having this conversation of this canceling of this show. Instead, something far worse is probably going to happen. You cancel World War II. You cancel what happened throughout these periods of history. Guess what? Someone's going to come along that doesn't know better and think it's okay because there's no recollection or there's no curriculum on what has happened. And then it's just a starting point because then you have an example. Yeah. And then at that point, there's no limit. It's like the more the open season, bro. The bigger things you cancel, the bigger the limit, the, the less of a limit that there is. Because then you take into account, is this more important than that? So since I canceled that, that's more important than this. I can cancel this because it falls under that. 
know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. And that's and that's not okay. It's not. And there's there's when it comes to cancel culture, what I'm okay with is when you rebrand something. You know what I'm saying? Let's look at the Aunt Jemima, right? The company didn't cancel itself. They just stopped. They came out and they were like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? This could be problematic. The Washington Redskins did not cancel their football team. They acknowledged what they did. And even though it sounds super petty, in my opinion, they changed their name to the Washington football team. That's a bare minimum change. I don't care. Now that it's a bare minimum change. No, yeah, they got out the racial slur. But their change in it was like, ah, we're not even going to try because we don't want to get canceled again. So they went with the Washington football team. They didn't cancel anything out. You know what I'm saying? The history's still there. When you look back at, at when we look back at their previous accomplishments, you're gonna look at them as, oh, this was when it was the Washington Redskins. And of course, somewhere down the line, when you're educating yourself about this football team, you're gonna realize, you're gonna learn that what they had as your logo, as your mascot, as the team, wasn't okay. You know, it's not a race. But it's rebranded, restructured, educated, and then you moved on. And that's what it is. We have to educate. Restructure, yeah. rebrand, and then move on. With that said, LeBron James is now part owner of the Red Sox. It's funny because I saw that update on Sports Center, and I, I thought there was more to it, but it was literally just that. It's literally just that he's now part owner. Good whoop de do for you, LeBron James. Glad to see that you're doing a lot more than just playing basketball out here. Shoot, like what can't you do? Literally, what can't LeBron do? What would you be surprised of him doing? Let's see. What would surprise me? Of LeBron doing outside huh? of like basketball politics, yeah. Right. Imagine President LeBron, President James, sir. You're right. Sorry, President King James. I mean, that would be some the kid from Akron. Huh? That'd be pretty crazy. Kid, that'd yeah. be very surprising. But is it? Would that be surprising? This guy has his his voice on how he feels about certain things. I'm thinking like, I don't know. I don't know. LeBron James featured on the deadliest catch, or he buys out the deadliest catch. You know what I'm saying? That's, like, I don't know. I feel like that's beneath him. Like, I want to say yes. LeBron James being a movie star. Guess what? That's a thing. That's that's super a thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm really trying to think of like something that's like I think I could do it all. I, I don't. And then him and Dwayne Johnson run together as president and vice president That'll be to to win. Yo, imagine that. <laughs> LeBron and Vice President Johnson. I mean, vice versa. I don't care. Ah, whatever. They're both cool. They're both wow. They're both nice people. Imagine that. And Steph Curry is a Secretary of State. The whole just you know what the NBA's been doing it right these years, bro. Why not? Let's just swap out all politicians and all the employees of the government, and specifically in the White House and in, in Washington D.C. And let this guy Adam Silver just come through, and you know why not appoint some people here? These guys have been doing it right. The NFL's following the NBA. Everybody is. Everybody's following the NBA. Why not? Everybody is. Why not? What do we have to lose? Especially in free agency. Well, you know that kids are going to be fit. You know that we're going to be the healthy, one of the healthiest countries out there. That'd be a change. Oh, that'd be great. That'd and be eight, it all starts with what you eat. Maybe these people will be less racist if they start eating their Wheaties. Eat your Wheaties, take your vitamins. Eat, you eat McDonald's. I eat McDonald's once a day and I hate myself. You know what I'm saying? There's a trend in that. You like shit. You feel like shit. You know? It is. I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards this whole NBA takeover. It, These oh. guys are likable guys. Aren't they? I like Adam yeah. Silver. Oh, he's great. Hey, I think he's great. He's, I like Adam Silver. I like LeBron. No, but you got no, to fit Dwayne Johnson and Joe Rogan somewhere. Bro, he's the keys to the castle, bro. Let's get these guys in there. 
Let's see. You know how great that would be instead of tuning into CNN or Fox or watching Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal holding press conferences, asking these guys questions. That'd They're be hosting phenomenal. debate. No, imagine Shaquille O'Neal hosting a debate. Stephen A. Smith out here. Oh my! No, with Steve. Max. Excuse you know me. what I didn't like? You know what I didn't like about this man that LeBron James is a bad man, but man, does he look good in a suit and tie? <laughs> that time Skip Bayless comes in. Look. Not that LeBron can't be president, but did he talk about foreign policy? He's the second greatest African-American president we've ever had. No, he might have scored Skip. on domestic prom on here. He might have scored on everything else, but where's the foreign policy? Top five. Top five African-American president. Skip, there's only been two, man. What do you mean top five? No, I don't know. I don't think he makes the top five. I don't know. I don't know, brother. This looks. This sounds like a very funny skit to go off. We should sell this idea. We should trademark it and sell it. So nobody, st please steal our idea. Nobody do that. Please, please. We're begging. Trying to make it happen here. We just came up with this on the spot. Right now, no, literally. At least let us write for it. Like you know what, you're you're a big time director, producer out there. Just be like, ah, you know what, these guys know what they're talking about. You know, these are some fun guys. Well, why not? Let's give them a chance. Why not? I'll Absolutely. write for you. You know, and here in. Miami, we're all about giving chances. How so, Raul? Who got the latest chance in the city of fortune? Jacoby Brissett. Coming down to the South Florida. Just in case you don't know, he's a quarterback. He throws a thing. It's got a football. He's going to come replace Mr. Ryan Fitzmagic. Going over to the Washington football team. Go football team. I mean, hey. Land of opportunity, right? Uh, his, what, one year, 20 mil or 10 mil, whatever, bro. Hey, he's still going on. It's like, what, ninth or 10th team? Like, shh. at least no one's going to take Tua's job anymore, huh? Right? I mean, Jacoby Biz is not, it's all right. I don't know. Let's see. First year, he played for the Patriots. They traded him. And then he went to the Colts for a little bit, which, hey. Yeah, they you know, he had good games. He had bad games. He's young. I don't know, bro. I think Tua's starting spot is very safe. No, I agree. But I just, I don't like this too young quarterback scheme right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's, who's Tua? Like, you're, you're switching it up too, too drastically, in my opinion. You know, like, you're, you're Tua and you're used to having a dude that's been here and has been in so many different scenarios to lean on when it comes to advice. And now what? Who are you going to look at? Jacoby Brissett? Like, what does this guy know? How to get traded? I mean, he still has a job in the NFL, good for him. But, like, come on. Like, I don't know. I think that it's 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 going to be a big change, but hopefully Tua could adapt. And with that being said, you know what? I'm not going to come out here and speculate. I, I'm hoping for the best with the Miami Dolphins. Always. We had, we had, we, we've made progress in these last couple of seasons. I, I truly, I truly think, I truly thank Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you ever hear this, man. Thank you. Thank for, you for, for your work. Exciting moments, bringing so much fun back to my to Dolphin football. You really are. It's magic. Yeah, absolutely. Miami sports in general. A shout out to the Miami Heat. Shout out to shout out to the Miami Heat for real. Bam out of bio just got back last night. Picked up where he left off. Right where he left. Well, Miami has won eleven of their last twelve games, sitting at fourth place, possibly third place by the end of today. Um, on the Eastern Conference standings, defense efficiency is at top five. Our offense is starting to click. 
Like, bro, these guys are exciting to watch. Most definitely. Jimmy Butler is playing some very exciting basketball. And we all know what he could do and what he's capable of. But, man, when the game is close, those last seven to five minutes, we've seen on multiple occasions Jimmy Butler just take over. We've seen it before, but never at the consistency that he's been doing it now. And let, may I say, with such swagger. Absolutely. Like, there's a smile on this man's face as he's doing it. He's embracing it more than I've seen last year. And that's crazy to say because last year we got to the we got to the championship off of a very, a very, very, very good Miami defense and a very uh, like these guys were chippers. These guys were fighting to the end. Like they were playing with reason, man. And mm -hmm. I'm starting to see that a little bit more now, especially after the All-Star break. These guys are these you see a spark in it, man. And I hope that it continues this way. Lamarcus Aldridge, come to Miami. Please, Lamarcus. Listen, I don't care. I just want him. But shout out to Miami. Miami Dolphins. Jimmy Butler for MVP. Florida Panthers are number one, by the just way. Just got to throw it out there. Jimmy Butler for MVP is not even in the top ten. But I agree with you. Florida Panthers are sitting number one, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't watch hockey like us, maybe we should. Maybe you should because this is some exciting times to be a Florida Panther fan. Shout out to Danny Castillo for literally calling it. Calling it. We need our, We need to get that head coach out of there. Boom. Head coach is gone. We need to get scores and a great goalie. It's been done. We're in first place. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Miami Marlins, what's up? Your season's starting now. Make what it, are we doing? I wanna, I'll, I'll talk about you guys. Sure. We'll put the time in to learn about I your, don't mind. your death chart and who else is on this team. But whatever. It Stealing is what bases. it is. It is what it is. As long as you don't steal our hearts, please. I want to I I want. want to support all the Miami teams. Florida. And the Tampa Raptors. All of it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is knowledge, nonsense, and reason. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And we will see you next week. Arrivederci. The views and opinions expressed on knowledge, nonsense, and reasoning are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.